Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the Compulsive Reader Talks. I'm Magdalena Ball, and today's guest is the author of 26 books for children and young adults, including the hugely popular Extreme Adventures series. He's here today to talk to us about his very latest book, Phoebe Nash, Girl Warrior. Justin, Beth, welcome. Thank you very much. Now, before we begin chatting, uh, just to give listeners a sense of your latest book, can I ask you to read a little from Phoebe Nash, Girl Warrior? Not a problem. I have a section here. It's partway through the book, so I'll just introduce it. The, uh, the main character is Phoebe, who is um, she's an Australian girl. She is 13 years old. She's in Africa, and she and um, an African boy she's met called Sauce Peter are well, they've, they've gone out on the motorbike searching for Sauce Peter's father, who has been kidnapped by, well, I'm not sure who by. Um, anyway, I'll just read. The Maasai village was only a few hundred metres away through the trees. It consisted of six or seven low, eagle-shaped huts inside a boma, a two-metre-high fence made of, from the branches of thorn bushes and prickly trees. The fence looked flimsy, but Sauce Peter assured Phoebe it would get away from lions and methods. About 30 skinny cows and some long-legged sheep watched them from a smaller pen in the centre of the boma. What about us? Phoebe asked. You will be in Fatima's hut, Sauce Peter said. Fatima was the wife of Wahid, the Maasai tribesman who had found them. They had four children, a boy of about Phoebe's age and three pretty daughters with big eyes and even bigger smiles. Where will you sleep? Phoebe asked. Sauce Peter puffed his chest out importantly in the man's hut. There were four or five other families living within the Boma, and everyone was related in some way or another. Brothers, sisters, parents, sisters-in-law, aunties, uncles, grandparents, babies. None of them spoke English, so it was hard for Phoebe to know who belonged in which family, or to remember anyone's name. But the Maasai seemed friendly and happy to have unexpected visitors. Phoebe and Sospeed had arrived at dinner time, which was lucky because Phoebe was famished. Everyone sat around the cooking fire in a big circle, while Fatima and someone's grandmother served up bowls of steaming vegetable stew and balls of ugali. That were right dumplings that you dipped in the stew and ate with your fingers. It tasted unusual, a bit like soggy corn chips mixed with rice, and was very filling. Phoebe had three helpings. Wahid watched her eating. He leaned close to Sauce Peter and said something in Swahili. They both laughed. What's he saying? Phoebe asked. He says, my yellow-haired wife likes Maasai food. Your wife, Phoebe said, confused. He thinks we are married. Phoebe felt her face grow hot. Tell him we aren't. Soft Peter said something to Wahid. He studied her across her flames for a few moments, then spoke to Soft Peter again. The boy grinned. What did he say? Phoebe asked. Nothing. Then why are you smiling? Soft Peter looked uncomfortable. It was a joke. Tell me what it was, Phoebe insisted. He said, I should marry you. My fault for asking, Phoebe thought. She was glad it was dark and no one could see her blushing. Tell him I'm not even your girlfriend, she said crossly. Later, when the meal was over and just Phoebe, Sospeter and Wahid's three daughters remained by the fire, Sospeter apologised on Wahid's behalf for embarrassing her. It's different for the Maasai people, he explained. Sometimes a girl was married when she was 13. Phoebe tried not to move. Two of Wahid's daughters knelt behind her, patting her hair. The eldest looked about ten. It was weird to think in just three years' time she might be married. Phoebe wouldn't even be finished school. 
Do you have a girlfriend, Sauce Peter? He poked a stick into the fire. There's one girl I like on television, Hannah Montana. Her real name is Miley Cyrus, Phoebe said. You look like her. She's prettier. No, said Sauce Peter, watching the burning stick. You are more pretty than Hannah Montana. Phoebe felt herself blushing again. She was surprised he had heard of Hannah Montana. Surprised, actually, that he watched television. Then she remembered who Soft Peter was, the son of an important man who had his picture on huge banners, who was friends with the Prime Minister. Tell me what's going on, Soft Peter, Phoebe said. Who is your father? Why has he been kidnapped by terrorists? And that's it. I love the way Phoebe comes to discover Africa. And of course, the reader comes to discover it along with Phoebe. Well, did you go there? Were you inspired by a trip there? Well, well, I, I, I was, Maggie. Um, I went to Africa oh, about three or four years ago. Um, went to, to Kenya and, and Tanzania. Went on a safari in Tanzania and then back to Kenya. And, and we, um, myself and my partner, we went and stayed at, at a camp, um, you know, a holiday camp, just in a cabin. And we hired bicycles and we, we explored on our own and just went riding around the villages and, and out into the country. And um, it was really from that experience that I... I, I came up with the, with the ideas for, for, for this book. Um, I just thought, you know, it would be an interesting place to set a story and perhaps if I could just have some a young Australian child there and put them in some situation where they became separated from their parents, um, it might be, you know, an interesting story to, to explore. So, so when you were there, were you looking at it with your young female eyes? <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I wasn't really. No, I was looking at it with young male eyes because I was... I was also thinking of writing um, an extreme adventure set in Africa, which I subsequently did before I wrote Phoebe Nash. Um, the main character in the, in the extreme adventures is a 14-year-old boy called Sam Fox, and um, I was thinking of, of, of writing a, a story about him, uh, which I subsequently did, but his story really rose from my time in Tanzania um, in the safari um, stage of my trip, and um, Phoebe's um, I got from the, the, the later time that we spent in Kenya. Mm. I, I love too the fact that both both Sam and Phoebe, you know, are at that critical point in life when they're seeing things almost with a a child's eye and an adult eye almost simultaneously, and you can really feel that tension. That's that. Look, that's why I <coughs> excuse me. That's why I deliberately, you know, write characters off about this age because I think it's I think it's a fascinating time in people's lives. Um, you're right. You know, they at a point where they are just moving beyond childhood and uh, beginning to you know look at the world through different eyes through adult eyes but they have a quite a refreshing naivety i think and um i i find that quite interesting to explore and i i find it's a good way to introduce to younger readers you know what you know might be ahead of them and, and just get them to perhaps broaden their views of the world without you know confronting them obviously with, with the the scary situations that my characters um you know become involved in yes so tell me a little bit more about Phoebe. Um, you know, I get the sense that she's going to be here for a while. <laughs> uh, well, I hope she'll be here for a while. Um, I, I've written two Phoebe books, one of which, uh, the first one, Phoebe Nash Girl Warrior, from which I just read, um, has recently been published, and there's another one coming out in a couple of months called Phoebe Nash Detective, which is set back in, in Australia. Um, when um, the African boy who, who featured in that, in that segment, I read Soft Peter, he comes to Australia and, and so they team up and have an adventure over here. Um, so I, that's all I've written so far and I suppose it depends upon 
you know, whether the books you know, are successful, whether people like them, uh, whether people buy them, I suppose that, that's the bottom line, as to whether or not it'll be, it'll be worth my while writing more. And do you... Yes. Sorry, go ahead. Um, but yes, Phoebe herself, yeah, well, she's, she's 13 years old. Um, she's in year, year seven um, at a school in, in, in a town in Australia. Um, she's quite um, she's quite headstrong, but on, on the other hand, she she's a uh, she, she's slightly naive in her own way. Um, she has a younger brother. She has two parents with whom she seems to have quite a good rapport, although she and her mother do clash. So she's a you know she's more or less a, a typical you know a thirteen year old Australian girl in, in two thousand and ten. And and I like too the fact that she's typical because it it shows just how. You know, the, the, the very ordinary every day can also become extraordinary, and the ordinary person can be an extraordinary person at the same time. Is, is that a theme you like to explore? Yes, look, I'm, I'm glad you picked up on that because, um, in a way, I'm, I'm enjoying writing about Phoebe because uh, I've written a lot of books in the Extreme Adventures series about Sam Fox, this 14-year-old boy. Now, Sam, again, is, is, is a fairly ordinary boy, but he has, uh, well, he, he, he seems to be, I, I don't know. He, he's lucky. He's gifted in, in, in athletically and um, coordination-wise, or whatever. He, even though he, he doesn't realise it, he's fairly humble, humble about his, his abilities. He's, he's athletic. He's strong, um, and he seems to be able to over, overcome, you know, situations where normal boys might not. Um, whereas Phoebe, she is, she's more of a typical protagonist, I suppose. Um, she's. She really doesn't have any abilities beyond normal people, and, and I quite like that. And because she, you know she, she can't rely on being able to you know jump fast or run or, or wrestle a, a snake or whatever. She's just got to rely on her wits, I suppose, to, to you know to get by. And I think that makes her easier for for, for, for people, for normal people, because most of us are like her. You know, most of us you know aren't really superhuman and so it's easy for us to relate to her it makes her more real more human and yet as Sospita does tell her at one point um you know she does have a i guess kind of a genuineness and a real honesty yes yeah well she does and a couple of readers have picked up on that and i'm pleased about that um because you know i like that about her i mean obviously as an author you need to you need to have you need to feel sympathy and empathy for your for your characters and i do for for, um, for Phoebe, I, I, I think she's, she's a nice person. You know, I, I, I like her. If she was a real person, I, I would, you know, I'd approve of her. I think she'd be, she'd be, she'd be a good person to know. <laughs> did she surprise you, though, as you were writing her story? You know, were there things she did that you didn't anticipate that she would do? Of course, yes. Um, and that's, you, you, you know when you're writing a story, you know it's working when your character comes to life, when your characters start to surprise you, when your characters act in ways that you didn't quite anticipate. And then you realise that they have, you know, taken control of themselves in a way. They have a life that's really beyond your, you know, your own fingertips when you're tapping away at the, at the keyboard. And, and then you start to sort of feel, you know, you're having conversations with them and there's a real person here and, and the story is coming alive. And, and when I reach that point, in, you know, in any story I'm writing, then I, in a way I relax because I feel I don't have to force it anymore. You know, I'm, I've, I've done all the hard work in setting it up and now, 
you know, the, the story and, and the characters are taking over, and I've got you know something that's almost organic, if you, if you can use such terms when you're when you're writing about a piece of fiction. Um, and, and yeah, that that happened early on when I was writing, you know, the first Phoebe story, and and I thought, yeah, look, I'm onto something pretty good here. Yes, and do you, do you get much feedback from your readers, and do they tell you quite clearly, you know, what they do and don't like about uh, what you've done? They do. Um, they do, particularly particularly the girls. Um, boy, boys um, inclined to, you know, say that was great, and I loved it. But when, you know, you know, he, he fought the crocodile or the lion, jumped out of the tree or whatever, the lion wouldn't have been a leopard; would have jumped out of the tree. Um, girls are a little bit more thoughtful about it, I suppose, more sort of holistic in, in their view. Of your characters, um, I, I I had one. I haven't had many responses from Phoebe Nash yet because it's it's only been out a little while. But somebody emailed me, and um, it was a girl, and she said, you know, she thought Phoebe, she she didn't really do a lot in the story, even though at the, at the end of the story, everybody was saying how brave she was and how she had you know saved the future president of of the country. Um, she really didn't do a lot. You know, most of the stuff just happened to her. And, and I thought about that, and I was aware of that when I was writing it, but I thought that wasn't true. She did do a lot, and that she participated, and she, um, every situation that was handed to her, she handled it, and she, she behaved well and bravely. And um, I, I think that's the way, that's the most we can ask of anyone in life, really. You know, you don't need to be Superman or whatever and, and go out actively you know, uh, finding the baddies and regressing, you know, the evils in the world. Most of us simply muddle along and and get by as best we can. And and Phoebe, I think she does that with flying colours. I think she she gets ticks in all the boxes. Um, And I'm sure most readers will appreciate that. And it will make the readers feel that, you know, well, you know, she's real. Maybe if I was in that situation, I might have been a little bit like Phoebe. And, um, you know, to me, I think that's a good thing. Yes, as opposed to there's there's all sorts of things that happen. I mean, I, I think she does. There is action, obviously. You know, when she jumps in the truck at the end, and you know, there's, there are quite a few things that she physically does. But the real action with her, I suppose, is the transition that she goes through internally. I think so. Yes, I think I, I think that's that's the more important um, journey that that she goes on. You know, yes, when um, I mean, most of your most of the people listening won't won't have read about her yet, but um, yes, yes, the the action, you know, I, I mean, Soft Peter is the one who goes and gets the uh, the, the people who, who really do save the day at the end of the story. Um, with, with, without their intervention, you know, Phoebe's, you know, what she was doing would have all been pointless. But yes, she, I think she grows a lot during the story. I, I think at the end of the story, she is she reveals herself. To her family, in particular, but to herself too, as as someone who really has a lot more resources than she thought at the beginning of the story. Yes, you can certainly feel the, the growth in confidence, and I, I guess too the the way in which she thinks about and responds to her situations, the, the sort of internal um, mulling over that goes on in her head. Yes, yes, I I particularly enjoyed the um, interaction she had with with the. Uh, the Maasai family. I, I, I read a, a small section of it um, there at the beginning. Um, I enjoyed the interaction she had, particularly with the with the three daughters um, of their hosts, who were, you know, they were younger than her. But when, um, you know, Phoebe, you know, sort of considered their futures, and 
several times in the book, you know, she, she realised how lucky she was, you know, to, to come from a place like Australia. And she realised, you know, she's, you know, she's really got life, you know, she's got a fairly easy life compared to these people, but these people, they, they make the most of it and, and they're happy and they're doing really well, you know, and, and she, had, she saw that and she, she admired that in them, you know. So I think, in a way, it's... I'm pleased with the book because it, it gives readers, most of whom will be Australian girls, you know, from, from a similar background to Phoebe, and it gives them a wider world view. And it, I hope, it makes them sort of think about themselves and think, well, look, you know, I'm, I am pretty lucky, you know. Um, okay, I mightn't, you know, have the latest, you know, such and such, um, you know, electronic gadget or whatever, or maybe I'm not wearing, you know, the the, the $150 T-shirt I want, but you know, I've, I've got it pretty good. Mm. And I think that's another nice thing about a you know a, a young person learning about this place is that you know she is able to see it and process it bit by bit. It'll be I think it'll be interesting to flip that and have Sauce Peter come to Australia. And uh, I guess you you already know what happens, but I'm looking forward to seeing how he then comes to grips with his new culture and you know the way in which it plays off how Phoebe came to grips with Africa. Yes, yes, so it's a different. Um it's obviously a different perspective too, when, because when uh, South Peter does come to Australia, um, we don't go inside his head. You know, the book the books are written, you know, in, in the first person intimate from um, from uh, Phoebe's point of view. Um, so we see South Peter from the outside, and we see him from you know uh, Phoebe's perspective, I suppose. And so again, it's a challenge to her um, to try and understand, you know, try and understand the situation from him, you know, what he's going through and how it's difficult for him and how perhaps, you know, what, you know, what um, sort of works for her, she might need to help him through it and explain it. Um, so it, it, it's a very different book, um, the second one, to, to the first. But Phoebe, you know, remains true to who she is, as does Soft Peter, but it, it, it sort of gives us not that, um, you know, Australian abroad feeling, but yes, we, we have a, we have, um, somebody from another culture here, and um, we're sort of looking at them from the outside and, and trying to help them deal with it, I suppose. Yes, and I guess the whole, you know, that whole high school scene and, um, you know, how you incorporate this otherness into an existing scenario. That's right. Yes, it's, um, of course, um, I was very much aware, aware too, and my publishers were, were, were saying to me, you know, we want, you know, they've got it an eye on the audience that they want for these books, you know, and they, they very much were saying, you know, we, we'd like, you know, this hint of romance to, to keep going, you know, between um, between Phoebe and Soft Peter, and um, and so I thought, all right, well, I'll do that, but I, I've done it in a way um, where, you know, well, Phoebe's only 13, obviously, so, you know, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to push that too much, but, you know, um, in a way, the... the there is a sort of underlying um, tension through the story, um, and Phoebe's sort of pushed by her friends, you know, to say, "Well, you know, he's your, you know, is he your boyfriend and whatever." And she says, "No, no, he's he's my friend," you know. Um, and so this sort of underpins the main story, where we again there's a there's an element of, of, of drama and mystery involved, um, which takes the story along. Um, you know, on a more superficial level, but that's the driving, you know, the motor of the story is, is the actual central mystery of, of what goes on in the story. But again, it's a story of people. It's a story of, you know, uh, of personalities and, um, uh, you know, what goes on inside people. So 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the way the series is developing to this point. Do, do you write them, you know, fairly quickly, one after another? Um, what did I do? No, I didn't. In this case, I there's probably a year or more for, from uh, writing the first book to the second, to when I wrote the second book. Um, and, and during that time, Phoebe had festered away in my mind because I, there was only going to be the one book. Um, and I wrote that. And, and when I finished it, I, I quite liked the character and I liked the idea so much that I suggested to uh, Laguna Bay, my publishers, that you know maybe maybe it could you know maybe there could be some more Phoebe Nash stories. And in fact, it was uh, it was the senior editor there. He came back to me and she suggested, she said, well, you know, maybe you could do a story where, where Sos Peter, this is the African boy, you know, comes to Australia. And um, and so she sort of planted that seed in my mind and I, and I mulled that over for a few months before I, I thought, yes, I'll do that. And then I wrote the second one. And how long does it take me to write it? It usually takes me, a book of this size usually takes me about, about three months to write, which um, I don't know. I meet a lot of authors. Some authors are prolific. Some authors would write a book of this length, and they're not long. They'd probably be 22,000, 23,000 words. Um, you would read them in an hour and a half, maybe two hours. Um, it would take me, it takes me three months to write that, but some authors I know would write them in two weeks. You know, they, they just churn them out. But um, the way I write, it comes more slowly. And uh, three months seems to work. <laughs> it's, it's the way, the way it works for me. So. Um, I, I, I don't churn them out, and there always needs to be some time between, and I have other projects on as well in between time. So I'm not sure when there'll be another Phoebe Nash book, you know, but um, we, we'll wait and see. Yes. Well, um, look, are you tempted um, to have Phoebe and Sam meet each other at some point? They're kind of... <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you, uh, towards the end of Phoebe Nash Girl Warrior, was it? No. Was it? Yes, it was. It was the end of Girl Warriors. See, I'm getting my books muddled up. Sam actually makes a cameo appearance. I don't know if you noticed. Um, Sam Fox, he appears just briefly. Um, but we see him from Phoebe and her, 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 her friend's point of view, and, and she sort of proposed the idea. She's not really interested in him at all, you know, which you know, I found that quite amusing. You know. Yes, so, I, I remember that. I do. But I didn't actually make the connection with that, the cute boy and uh, Sam from Extreme Adventures. So that's, uh, we'll have to go back and have another look. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's, just, it's just one of those little things that, you know, an author sometimes puts in just to sort of see if readers will pick up on it. And it doesn't matter if they don't, you know, it's sort of having games. But look, I don't know. If, if I write another, if I write another one set in Australia, he might. He might not. I, I certainly wouldn't want him to obviously take over because that, these are Phoebe's stories. So... I suppose I'll say no. You know, <laughs> if he if he does appear again, it'll just be another you know sort of cameo appearance. Perhaps he certainly won't be a main player. Yeah, just in, a, in, in. a little a little wink to those in the know. That's right. Yes. Now um, you've got another Sam Fox adventure coming out in September, which you build as the last. Um, That's right. Will, will it really be the last? Is, is <laughs> yes. Look, I'm I'm getting emails. I've been getting emails for several months now from particularly from very worried boys um, saying you know you can't you can't stop you know you you know got to write more Sam Fox adventures and um, well I'm not sure my publisher originally there were going to be four and then there were going to be six and then there were going to be eight and and then um, then we said well why not 12 Um, and uh, 
I published a you know, twelve's a good round figure, as did I. Um and when you write twelve books about the same character, um, you know, you, you become a little bit tired of it and that's why it was lovely to, to have a bit of a break and write a couple of Phoebe books in the meantime. Um uh, the Sam Fox, the Extreme Adventures books have been coming out two every year. Um, my publishers suggested that you know maybe there could be some more. You know maybe maybe I could do one every year just for a couple of years just to see how they go, depending upon you know the uh, the readership, what people, what the trends are, whatever. So I've got a feeling that um, Tiger Trouble, which comes out in September, might not be the last one. So so we shall just have to wait and see. Yes. Well, the interesting thing, and I guess it's you know it's the it's a natural um, result of writing about people who are at a particular age, you know, like, um, you know, particularly an age like 13, 14, is that they grow and <laughs> they age. And um, I guess their whole world changes as they move closer into adulthood, you know, the Harry Potter syndrome, if you like. So the nature that's of right, stories yes. has to change with them. That's right, yes. Well, you know, that's what I, you know, Harry Potter, well, that was a whole phenomenon on its own. Um, but yes, when you have a character that 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 grows with the time, you know, and every every time the book comes out, well, his contemporary and he's a year or two older. You know, that's that's a different kettle of fish altogether, I suppose. And um, I said, younger readers, you know, with with Sam Fox to this point, he's been 14 in 12 books, you see. <laughs> and every book's set in some different place, a lot of them in different countries. So he's having a very busy year, but he's still 14 at the end of it, you know. That, that's something, you know, I've, 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 I've toyed with, you know, will he ever turn 15? <laughs> and if he does turn 15, you know, I'd make a big point of how these books are not sequential, you know, there's no chronology to them. You can read, you could read Target Trouble first and Crocodile Attack, which was the first one I wrote last. It would make no difference. And, you know, my fear is if, if I did start growing him up, um, then you'd have to, you know, a sequence would, would naturally appear. And, and, you know, somebody read about him when he was 15 or 16, then would they want to read about him, you know, go back when he was 14? I'm not sure. But um, certainly I have plenty to think about on that score. Yes, and I suppose your readership, of course, is growing as well. <laughs> I mean, That's right, yes, sir. I have to think about that. So I've got a, I've got a sort of a new readership every two years. You know, there, there are new readers coming to the same books, and uh, the older ones, yes. What, what, you know, well, well, I suppose they're, they're going to have to go on and read, you know, more mature books. I suppose. Yeah. Um, but as, as a sort of an adjunct to that, um, I am. I've just started writing another series at the moment, um, smaller books for younger readers, um, featuring Sam, po Sam Fox's two younger brothers, who Sam Fox has. Um, he has twin brothers who are five years old called Jordan and Harry. And um, I'm writing a story about uh, a series of books with Jordan and Harry as the main characters, although they are, in the series, they're older. They are, they're nine years old. So in, in a way, the, <laughs> in a way the, uh, you know, the, the family is sort of growing and, and continuing along. It's sort of still got a life. And um, in these books, of course, Sam is a few years older. You know, he's he's in high school, senior high school, but he he hardly features other than you know being the big brother of these these two these these two um, main characters in the book. So yeah, it, it's sort of it's interesting, you know, sort of having uh, how you, you sort of create something and, and it creates a little bit of a if you like, well, it's turning into a, a slight dynasty, if I could say that at this point. <laughs> yes, and I suppose for you, you know, it must be a, an interesting experience too to feel that there's this whole kind of universe that you've created that's outside of you now, out there, you know, impacting on readers in their own ways too. 
Yes, yes. So it's it, it's exciting. It's lovely, you know, because I, I I get emails from from um, most of Australia, uh, from boys all over Australia and, and girls, and increasingly with Phoebe Nash, you know, from girls um, and, and from overseas, and particularly. Yeah, from the USA saying, you know, where can we get hold of your books so they can get some of them from Amazon, but some, quite often they can't. And uh, so it, it, it's lovely, you know, when you when you you hear from these children saying, you, you know, I've read, you know, this book and that book, and please, 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 I want to get hold of this book, and how can I get hold of it all? You know, please, please, please write more about, you know, we want to hear more about Sam Fox. So, you know, they talk about these characters as though they they're real people, you know, and. Um, you begin to sort of feel that way about them, which is rather nice. Yes, there's a good email to get. <laughs> yes, they are. Yes. Now, I have to ask this question as we're getting close to the end. Um, did you really ride a huge bull out of a fireball? <laughs> to pick it on your website. <laughs> People will have to look at my website to have a look at that. Um, no, I, 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 that was my stunt double. <laughs> well, what happened was... Um, that's a uh, that's the cover image from one of my earlier Sam Fox books, which is called um, Bushfire Rescue, and um, it, it's a very life-like drawing with Sam Fox on this ball, and um, with the with the wonders of um, digital technology, um, I've stuck my face on him um, on on this ball, and I, I think it looks looks fairly realistic, but look, you'd never get me onto one of those. There's no way. <laughs> I think it looks great. I'm trying to think how I can get myself riding a bull out of a fireball. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. Well, you know ch children do ask, and boys particularly, they say, you know, do you have the adventures? You know, have you had the adventures that Sam has had? Sam's had, you know? And I say, no. I said, you know, if I'd had any of those, I'd be dead. You know, I wouldn't have survived. <laughs> <laughs> Call it a memoir. Um, yeah. what, what's next for you? Are there some books at the back of your head or ideas that you really want to write or explore? Well, as I said, I'm 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 writing the, the, this a couple of books in this this Harry and Jordan series, the, the Younger Brothers. But what I would really like to write, um, and I had a chat to my publisher about three weeks ago about it, is um, I'd love to write a uh, a book like a modern day Wind, Wind in the Willows. Um, obviously, not like you know, not the same, but set in Australia with Australian animals. That's what I'd really like to do, mm. and and maybe maybe just have. A, you know, as a once-off and a hardcover, because I've never had a hardcover book. And I was saying to my publisher, before I die, I'd like to have a hardcover book, and I think this might be the one. So so that's what I'm thinking about at the moment. That's wonderful. Look, for people who, who want to go check out this um, image of you writing a, a bull out of a fireball, and uh, to find out more about your books as well, um, just let us know your website. My website is quite simple. It's www.justindarth.com, which is simply all lowercase, just one word, J-U-S-T-I-N-D-A-T-H dot com. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Justin. And that's all we have time for today. Um, our next guest will be Dr. Bob Stoll, who will be here to chat with us about his new book, A Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction Workbook. So we'll see you then. Thanks again, Justin. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.